the world's finest on a Sunday. We're going to break down the win over the Wizards. We're going to go back and talk about the Nuggets' huge win on Friday versus the Boston Celtics. And the final segment, we've got to talk about this question. If the Nuggets make the finals, how do they match up with a potential Eastern Conference opponent? All that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day, part of your week, part of your lives. Appreciate you being in every day or checking us out Monday through Friday here on the show. Glad to have you with us. Hope that you're having a great start to your week. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. This is World's Finest on your Denver Nuggets, who after the disappointing loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, went into Boston and got it done. You got that recap show from Swipe on Saturday, but that was such a big win. Adam and I are going to talk about today in the second segment. We're going to get into the win over the Wizards first off. And the final segment, we do want to talk about this, which is we've now seen them versus some of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. If they reach the final, if the Nuggets were to return to the NBA Finals and match up with an Eastern Conference opponent, what do those matchups look like? We'll talk about that in the third segment first off adam Mares, how was your weekend it was good um the nuggets made it good for me two wins one you expected one you weren't so sure of so it was a good weekend uh, i was um I, I i will say this i'm pleasantly surprised that they have reached a point where their floor for i'm trying to think of what the word is professionalism okay competency uh standard there's that's the best that's the word for it that their standard is such that they didn't get caught by washington yeah. because i sure was like you and i were texting about about how like it would be very them to lose this wizards game after the celtics game and they really just kind of handled this game throughout and, and starting with um and look no more jokes for me about joel and b destroying the wizards because uh nicola Jokic went in there and absolutely did the same with 42 points on 15 of 20 shooting Got to the line for 14 free throws. When does that happen? Uh, 12 boards, eight assists, two steals, uh, and two blocks for Joker. He had four stocks and was a plus 20. This game was like the start, the end, all of it starts with the fact that Nikola Jokic went into Washington and just destroyed that team. Funny thing is, is I don't even think Jokic was aggressive in this game. I, I just, Washington's really bad. They made a decision to not double team him and to just kind of let him post up and, and dared them to beat him that way. And look, it disrupted Denver in this way. Denver only had 29 assists tonight, eight of those from Yoke, seven of those from Murray, you know, the ball wasn't popping tonight. So maybe that was the thing, but I didn't think Yoke was like hyper aggressive. I felt like he kept catching in the post, looking around, dribbling nowhere, seeing if they was coming and they go, Nope, they're not coming. All right, score. So it was, in a weird way, an unaggressive 42. And that's why his shot chart looked the way it did. All shots in the restricted area, minus two. He had a six-footer and an eight-footer. You commented on this, I think, during the game about you being a little bit surprised that Wes Unseld wasn't sending the double on Joker. Um, was that, was that, am I correct that that was your assessment? 
I mean, he didn't. They did. They they guarded him one on one. So I mean, that was. No, I, my my question here is: Is it? I'm not surprised because I think Wes knows that it's like your. I mean, I'll, it is your best shot. Like your best shot is to try and make Joker do this because it's Man. what he doesn't want to do. I have, a, I have a theory on it, and I don't know that it's that. I yeah. think that the easiest thing to do is to guard him one-on-one. There's no rotations to be made. There's yeah. no missed. And I kind of get the feeling that that's not a team that can handle, like, oh, we're <laughs> yeah. going to double from here, and then the rotation <laughs> comes from here. Rotation, the low yeah, man. like, it's like, yeah. you know what, just let's try to do this. And I mean, it was it was, it was a, the easiest 42 yoke scored in his life. I know that's really, a funny yeah. thing to say, and I'm not even trying to be disrespectful. He was impressive and how unimpressive he was getting to 42 points. Yeah. And I think it's like another sign of where he's at, where it's just like, he has, he's not, I mean, it is kind of funny that we had that stretch where it was like, man, what's wrong with yoke. You know, he had four, three, three games where he missed some shots. And then since then it's like, he literally just does not miss um, at all. Um, also game on night. Well, look, Jamal had 19 points on 23 shots. Like Jamal just did not have a good, which is Ryan Blackburn noted was hilarious after the Celtics game. And I agree. It's like, it's really funny that, you know, Jamal goes out in this spot and can't and can't buy a bucket after he was liquid molten fire versus the uh, versus the Celtics the other night. But look, I, 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 as funny as it is, though, I think Murray has to figure that out at some point. Like tonight, it doesn't matter. They won anyway. It was a terrible team. But that is to me, it's not as funny. It's a thing that it's like you never know what you're getting from Murray, Michael Jordan or nine of 23. But, you know, tonight it didn't matter. Um, bench was not great. in this one um, really struggled. Obviously, all the guys in in. In the minus, uh, Christian Brown, you we were talking about this before the, the show. You feel like he has just lost his confidence. You feel like that's where he's at with his game. Well, I'm not, I don't want to reduce it to just that. Like, oh, yeah. if he just had, you know, it's, it's, there's a reason he lost his confidence, right? Yeah. And I don't know that he knows where he fits into the minutes that he's playing. His defense has not been as impressive as it was last year. And I definitely think he's also lost confidence on top of all of those things. So, uh, it, Look, there's time. It's a long season, um, but it is halfway over it. And I don't has. What would you say is the longest stretch? We don't know off the top of our head, but the longest stretch of good games Christian has had this year. Like, has he had five consecutive good games? No. Has no. he had three? Yes, I think he's had three. Maybe during one of the home stretches, or or the, on the West Coast road trips, and then at home. I feel like that's a, the, where he's been at. But it definitely feels like you're. If you were, to, I don't even think it's flipping a coin right now. I think he's searching for what it is he had last year, defensively and offensively, and you know, hopefully, it gets simplified for him a little bit. Now, the other part of this, Matt, is I do wonder. And I'm curious your opinion, but they weren't playing Murray and Reggie together for a stint there. They've gone back to it recently, and that has coincided with Brown. Peyton in particular, just not scoring like Peyton Watson, I thought was good tonight. Went one of two. Yeah. Christian was one of three. I, I do think there probably is something to that too. This way with Christian, he's searching for where he belongs, but part of this is he belongs somewhere differently. I think than he did last year in part because you have two point guards now in that second unit. Oh, that's interesting. Like, is it a, is it a positionality thing? That's, that's interesting. Well, just that it's like option yeah. one is Reggie option two is Murray or vice versa on any given possession. So at best your option three you know, like, well, I feel like he did okay last year in the minutes where it was um, Jamal and Bruce in the second unit. So Bruce isn't even is even less of a ball handler than Reggie. I agree, but I, I think I guess I just going to go to like maybe there's a little bit of a, of a subtle difference with the fact of Christian playing more because it does feel like Christian's played way more three this year than two. 
And I do kind of wonder, oh. like, I don't, I know that the positionality is always, it's more fluid yeah. than ever in the NBA and especially with the Nuggets, right? Uh, I'm just kind of, I think for me, I'm just kind of curious as to whether may, maybe there's something to that of um, he's in different spots. He's taking different, different locations there. He's being tasked with different things. doesn't feel like it, but maybe that's, right. the, or maybe it's just like playing next to Peyton is a little bit different for him than it was next to the guys he played with last year. You seem averse to saying that Murray is a score first guard, especially when he's with the second unit. Reggie mm -hmm. is a score first guard. Yep. So the two guys who have the ball in their hand are not looking for Christian. Christian has to like fit mm -hmm. in around them in space, but they're not trying to set the table for him. They're not, the ball's not finding him. He's just got to fit in. That doesn't explain why his defense has kind of, I think, taken a step back, but I do think it makes sense that him and Peyton in a lot of these games lately, they haven't scored, but they haven't shot either. Would it'd be one thing if it was like, oh man, Peyton Watson, one of nine tonight, rough night. He was one of two. Yeah, I thought Peyton was actually really good in this game. I thought he made a bunch of plays defensively. And yeah. so um I will note that he didn't hit a three tonight, which continues to be my my barometer for did Peyton Watson win his minutes or not if he makes a three. <laughs> um but I thought he was actually pretty good tonight. Um it's interesting too that the bench is all in the minus and Joker's a plus twenty because it's a bit like there, that shouldn't correlate because if Joker's that good, if he's that much above the other starters, that means they had to win the minutes with Joker yeah. without the other starters, but also like the non-Joker bench lineups had to be absolutely nightmarish. So it's kind of right. like an interesting game flow to kind of analyze there. Um, Nuggets get the win. What are, you, Go ahead. Do you want to say one quick thing on Zeke? Poor, poor Zeke tonight, man. Gets this. If you agree with me that this was Washington, one of the worst teams in the NBA, it's like, all right, let's give Zeke a chance. It's been a while. Let's give him a chance. And he lasted four minutes. Four minutes. It's rough. It's just rough. And like, look, maybe, maybe it just takes time. A lot of bigs take time. You, you pay bigs a lot of the time to see what they become, but um, it's tough. It's just like a really tough situation, I think, right now for Zeke Naji with the team, with him. They just got the extension. I think it's, uh, I think it's tough. Um, all right. Up next, we're going to talk about the Celtics win and everything that we learned from what was an absolutely phenomenal game. One of the best games of the year for either team in the league uh, and a great test of the Nuggets championship medal. We'll talk about that when we return on Locked on Nuggets. Right now, I want to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the, the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Uh, it's really important to, to get the right people. Uh, I did, hiring can oftentimes be a random exercise. Like I know that from experience, like I've done hiring before and oftentimes it's pretty random. Whenever I help friends, when they're trying to get jobs, I will remind them of like, don't take this stuff personally because a lot of times the process is random. LinkedIn jobs takes that randomness out of the process. It's not just another job board. They've got a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. It's easy to hire when you've got that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We'll be right back. 
on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday. World's finest with you. Uh, so, Adam, I don't know if you know this, but on Friday, the uh, Boston Celtics were very proud to try and defend their 20-game home winning streak. Mm. Then it was over. As the Nuggets got the win, 113. Uh, that's tonight's score. Uh, as the Nuggets got the win in Boston, 102-100. There's a ton of stuff we can start with here. Like, there's, a, there's just a world of stuff. The matchups I thought were particularly interesting, and I want to talk about those maybe in the third segment. Um, the two-man game was electric. The clutch defense was phenomenal. Where do you want to start with just like, what was your big takeaway? From I kind of want to go where you start because people have heard my opinion. I've talked about this, you know, on the other show, but I'm, I'm sure. so curious to hear what you thought and what stood out to you the most. For me, a lot of it was, um, there was a sequence. It was a huge shot in the fourth quarter before Joker came back in. They blitz Jamal Murray when AG's playing at the five and Murray makes the jump pass over the, def the defense to AG on the short roll and he kicks to KCP for a corner three. And it's like that, that's what that's supposed to look like. And it was such like great execution. And it's also to me an indication of how locked in the team was, not just Jokic, not just Murray, not just those actions. Like they execute, they did the little things in this game. I thought it was fascinating to me that this was a game, the Nuggets and Malone cut like top to this, that like they basically said like got together as a team and we're like, we're going to go for this. And I always find those distinctions really fascinating because in the course of the NBA season, covering it as long as I have, you learn very quickly like, oh, that's not how this is a lot of nights. And both teams went into that game and were like, let's get it. The Celtics were like, we're not letting them beat us at home. This is defending champions. Let's send a message. And the Nuggets went in there and they played. This was the best defensive performance, in, in my opinion, versus like a quality opponent that I've seen this year. Rotations were crisp. The inside effort was great. There was a bunch of like, like it was funny because most of the game was like offensive rebounds. And then late in the game, the Nuggets got a bunch of offensive rebounds. Right. The effort level, the execution, like this was championship basketball. And it was a great kind of like flex, not only of like the principles that you work on during the regular season and all the things that you're trying to do, learning chemistry and what works and this, that, and developing everything. This was, let's show that championship. Like, let's flex it. Let's show yeah what it like we know what it takes to win a title let's play that way for a night and meet them at that apex and we'll see who wins and for them to come out on top with such a dominant performance from jamal and nicola i think is just like it was great for the sport it was great for the team it was great for those guys like it was just an absolutely phenomenal night um to show what they're capable of still when they're at their best and for me, it really did just come down to Jamal Murray. I mean, the defense was huge, but I, I, the defense part I expect, I just know it takes a lot of effort to play defense at that level. And I know that they are not going to give that effort all the time. I think they treated that game like a measuring stick game for themselves. I think they wanted to know if they could beat the Celtics on the road. And it was one of those ones like, let's see, let's see how close we are. I don't know. They went to the seven man rotation. Um, Murray was so dialed in. You asked about like tonight, he was nine of 23 or seven of 23, whatever it was. It was too easy. Honestly, I think this is one of the problems with Murray is there's not this approach of like he needs it to be intense because you could see he was he's predatory when he is in that zone. And against Boston, he was just like so focused on what he was doing that you just knew every shot was going in. And so it was a reminder. But I'm going to pull up this comment from Laking Ball, resident Celtics fan. He says, can we talk about how Murray and Jokic had the best possible games? No, because that did not happen. 
You want to know one thing that I take away from these games? How often do you go throughout the course of your game to your best actions? You know who was worse than Daniel Gafford at guarding Jokic on the post? Chris Tapps, Porzingis. That man has no hopes against him. And guess what? Yoke went for 15 in that first quarter and then said, ah, that's enough. We'll go through some other stuff now. And I just look at that and I go, a playoffs is often about, do we know how we're going to attack this team and do they have something to stop it? And when I watch that and I go, Porzingis might make threes. That's what they, he does. And he made them in the first quarter. Yoke can go to that block and draw fouls and score on him every time. And they chose to run it a number of times. But in my opinion, they could have ran it even more because he was that unchallenged by Porzingis. I think that they learned a lot about that matchup from this game. I think both sides did, but from a Nuggets perspective, I think they absolutely learned a lot, both about, all right, what does the AG at five lineup look like? Okay, what does Peyton Watson yeah. look like in these minutes? What does the Peyton yeah. Watson, Jason Tatum lineup or matchup look like? Yeah. Um, Christian Brown, who I thought did not, was really difficult. Like, I think Christian's going to have to play Jalen Brown in a series. Like, there's all these, like, small things from that se- from that game that I'm going to take forward if, if these two teams meet in the finals. And we'll talk about that uh, next, but I do think that you're right in that Joker definitely set the tone, but it's also funny that you're like, yeah. And then he said, we'll do some other stuff. Yeah. He scored 19 the rest of the game, which is a good game for most people in a full game. Also, Chris Tapps only scored six. Like, and that honestly, a lot of that to me is that like the Celtics still do this. Like they do not, we've kind of as a collective, I, I don't necessarily know if it's, if this is your position. I think as a collective, the media, uh, Nuggets media, we've kind of like hinted at like, hey, maybe they like they go to the two man game like a little too much sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we do that a little too much. Yeah. Um, what's <laughs> funny though is you watch Boston, which is the other side of this, which is like they do right. not have like a bread and butter. They right. still do not have like a. We know what we need to get get to. We know like, hey, we're gonna have to go to this over and over and over again. We can run these actions out of it, but this is what we're gonna have to be the starting point. Yeah. They don't have that and they did not go to it. And uh, like, it was a mistake and that's why they wound up taking a bunch of jumpers and asking Tatum to do everything. Uh, and the defense was good enough to get a stop when it becomes like that. That's a huge advantage for Denver and against even the elite teams. You better know, have something that you know, you can go to that's going to stress the defense. Yeah. Cause if it's just like, yeah, we're all really good. The nuggets are like, okay, we're all really good. Like it's, this is fine. This is the thing, man, about like Denver, the thing that they do, nobody has really stopped the two man game. And, you know, Yoke in particular, he has his spots where it's like he's going to get there and he's going to score on you. And I feel like they are good when it's easy. They're good when it's hard. And it's kind of the difference between those two is not that big, right? Like the two-man game looks similar. This is one of the reasons for years they have won against the Detroits of the world at the same rate as they have some of these other teams. It's a little different this year. But I think a lot of that is just because they you can't stop them whether you're good or bad. But with the Celtics, one of the things that I really take away from that game is, yes, I agree with you. Peyton Watson is a guy that I think now can play in that series. I just have Peyton Watson is firmly in my circle of trust. I was reluctant to do it. To me, he's in the playoffs and he's going to play meaningful minutes. I don't know if his offense will be there, but defensively, he is a challenge for even the Tatums of the world. And that's a very encouraging thing to have in your back pocket. Hopefully, Christian can get to that point again. He was that last year, has not been so far this year. And I would have loved to have seen him perform better in that game because it would have meant a lot. But, you know, there'll be more chances. But they, defensively, they can do that, and they just have their guys that Boston had no answer for. Denver in the clutch was very comfortable, and I just look at that and I go, look, I'm not saying Denver better than Boston or this or that, but that was an impressive win where the Celtics got punched in the mouth in a way 
that I think probably has them. I don't want to say shook, but I think that they were like, yeah, that didn't go the way we planned it. <laughs> like that did not go how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. I just think that there's going to be a continued, this is part of it is like, I follow a lot of Celtics fans and a lot of it is like, this is the path that they've chosen. And then like, but it's re usually really good. It's got to work. Like maybe it'll work this time. And it's just like, yeah. it's the exact opposite of kind of how you and I learned from stuff in the 2020 playoffs. We're like, the playoffs are about solving problems. Like you got to yeah. be able to solve all these different problems. The Celtics yeah. don't do that. And that I think is going to be one of their issues. That, that's, that's it. That's a great, that might be an even better way of saying it than what I would have said, which is yes, you're right. It's about solving problems. They don't, they just have guys that are really good shot makers, like really good. And I'm not trying to diminish that. It's important. And by the way, you can win a championship with shot making. You can, but it would be nice to have other things to fall back on. And I just think Denver has a lot to fall back on. And you know, Boston, at least in that game, looked the way if you would have told me, like, if you beat Boston, how do you do it? They probably make a lot of threes early on in the game. And then when the things get tight, some of those shots get a little bit less comfortable and they end up going to Tatum over and over and over again. And it's just, does he make, does he come up big or not? And in that game, he did not come up big. On the other side, we'll break down not only the Celtics matchup, but the Sixers matchup and the Heat matchup and the Bucks matchup. We'll talk about if, if, if. Next if the Nuggets make the finals, what does that matchup look like? We'll talk about that on the other side on Locked On Nuggets. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. This is the big misconception with therapy is that it's only going to talk to you about your problems about well, like, well, you need to do this or you need like, that's not, that's really very rarely is that about what therapy is unless you want it to be. What it can be about is about affirming your positive habits. It could be about, okay, what do I do? Well, all right. How do I get even better at that? Whether it's, you know, being great with your family or building good relationships or being a positive leader at work, therapy can take on all sorts of forms. It can problem solve for issues that come up, but it can also accentuate your strengths. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. We're also brought to you today by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapped up, and next weekend is, of course, the conference championship weekend. I don't know who's playing in those games, but you can bet on them with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I went one and two this weekend, which was rough. I did great on NBA, but I had a rough rough uh, NFL weekend. I couldn't get Niners home. Niners was the one I really liked. Uh, Ravens are three and a half point favorites in the AFC championship game. Feels a little high, but also probably appropriate given uh, the struggles of the other team in terms of the offense. Um, Niners are big favorites versus the Lions. I don't know why I like the Lions, but maybe this is the year that the, the Niners can actually get home. Anyway, you can also bet on the NBA awards. I've been talking about this a lot. You can parlay these awards. So if you think that Joel Embiid's going to miss too many games to an MVP, entirely possible. Joker's the next up, and there's pretty good odds on him still, even though he's the favorite again. You can parlay those with like Victor Weminyama to win Rookie of the Year, and you can only do that really at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. So visit FanDuel.com 
slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Back here on Lock On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Monday, world's finest. So, Adam, let's break this down, man. I'm excited. Like, look, I have said this for a couple of weeks, and I continue to believe it, and that win over the Celtics uh, definitely affirmed it. In my opinion, the Nuggets have the greatest championship equity of any team. In that, if you break down, like, who has the most hold over their chances of winning, uh, winning the NBA title, to me, it's Denver. Uh, the odds makers and projection systems say Boston. That's in part because there's a perception. I think that the West is tougher than I think it is. It's a fascinating landscape in the Western Conference with the Wolves and Thunder, two relatively unproven teams at the top. Yeah, of the, that's of true. The um, and then you have like teams that are more traditionally thought of as like powerhouses, the Lakers and the Warriors, just <laughs> trying to get in. Um, yeah. So, but if we agree that the Nuggets have the most championship equity, they by extension have the most conference championship equity. Which means, and I do think that the East is pretty open. I mean, you look at it, and even though Boston uh, is, in my opinion, the best regular season team night to night, we've just talked about this. They struggle with problem solving. They struggle with all these issues. Um, the Sixers, There's something else they tra- struggle with. I, I'm going to get right into it because I think that all of the teams in the East, the big three, Milwaukee, Boston, and 76ers, have similar flaws. They all have optimized basketball in the way that the 2018 Rockets have optimized basketball. Hmm. There is a comfort to what they do and it's analytically correct and it makes sense. And it's like, Hey, yeah, they they do this, but the Mike Tyson quote of everybody has a plan. So you get punched in the mouth. Sports are equal parts. Those two things of like, Hey, are you optimizing? Is it strategic? Is it smart? Does this all work together? Pieces fit and you're aiming for the right target. And then there's, Everything went wrong. What do you do? And you need both. You need both. And that's why watching Boston in this clutch, just going to Tatum and taking the shots and being uncomfortable in those moments because they didn't have, you know, a thing that they love that involved more than one player. The things they go to at the end are often one player dynamics. I looked at that and I go, okay, that's a team that I think is going to get punched. If they, if they get punched in the mouth, I think that's where things tilt in their favor. It's what happened with Miami last year, who wasn't even a good team. They just were able to punch him in the mouth and say, game plan out the window. What do you do now? And they didn't necessarily have a plan. I think Philadelphia and Milwaukee have similar things. We can get to them. But I think all three of those teams, in some form or fashion, remind me of the 2018 Rockets in that one way. This is an interesting divergence point. Because for me, while I agree with you that you need to be able to adapt and problem solve and you need to be able to find what the game calls for like that's maybe the best thing about the nuggets is that they have better feel for the game than almost anybody like they don't just their two guys do and then aaron gordon as well and i guess kcp yeah like and and so they you know they they don't they don't keep forcing the same mechanisms constantly over and over again but i will say that and i've continued to kind of like note this that like if you want to beat denver a very good starting point is make more threes like, yeah. I do think that that's like a significant advantage that you can get to if yeah. Denver's scoring efficiently, but you're outpacing them from the arc. So that's important. So it's like, it's this tricky mechanism of like, you need to be able to organically find high rhythm shots versus Denver. Like it's a, it's both. Right. And like, this is honestly where I think in retrospect with the Rockets and like, I'm a big believer in this. It's one of the reasons why I'm a huge, like Luca skeptic and like, bear in mind, like, you know, I was a hardened guy for a long time in terms of breaking down his game. 
the isocentric stuff in the playoffs because it removes any of that movement because it removes any of that rhythm and because the defense is moving so much more actively because the stakes are higher right. to me that lowers your your success rate and so everything gets tougher the iso stuff is tougher it's not as easy as it is in the regular season and then when the help comes those kickouts when you're not moving you're still you're it's the same kind of stuff and like i do agree with you with the celtics in this aspect in that they for the the celtics in particular i think we'll find as they have you know at some point just moving just flipping the ball around the perimeter if you're not leveraging the defense there's only so far that that can go now i want to say this though um i will say that i i am at the point of believing that the philadelphia 76ers at full strength are an extremely tough matchup relative to other teams for the denver nuggets your thoughts i think that is I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Like I walked out of the 76ers game. The more I th- think about it, the more I was, I think a little bit, um, you know, I actually feel okay about that matchup. Denver Embiid is obviously going to be tough, but again, there's just something too. Embiid had six points in the paint. He had 35 outside of it or whatever it was. And then part of me just goes, do that seven times. And especially do that when you're down either in a series or just in a game, it's different. And that's why I thought Boston went made 10 three-pointers in the first quarter. And it was like, oh, wow, look at this team. And then when things got tight, it was like they made zero three-pointers. So I just think, yes, there are matchup parts and Yoke being in foul trouble in a, in a potential Sixers mat, like matchup. That's always scary. But I look at it and I go, what does Philadelphia do if you take away Embiid's jump shooting? Denver did not do that in their game, and so that happened. But what do they do? And I've watched them enough to know early on they had a two a better two man game than what I think they've had recently. So I don't know. We'll see. They they are tough though. I'm not trying to diminish them. They are tough. I think the size is important. I think the athleticism is really important with Kelly Oubre because I thought he was really good in that game. Um, he was minus three, but uh, I thought he was really good in that game. The speed and athleticism of Maxi attacking Jamal I thought was totally. really in that game. Um, he, he would scare me a lot more if he was a bigger part of their offense, which he was again early on in the year. I think they went away from it a little bit when Embiid caught fire, which he has been on fire now for six weeks. The Bucks will be like a really interesting counter to these like two kind of mixes, given that they have theoretically better interior defense, but not this season. But they have like maybe the most explosive offense of any of those teams. Like the Celtics technically are the best offense in the league. Uh, Hurricane says this. And I want to kind of, I'm not, what teams don't have that issue? Isn't making more threes a good thing versus every team? So here's the kind of question: Is can you trust that you're just going to make enough threes to provide a baseline for you to have like an efficiency edge? Because if you don't, then it comes into kind of a kind of a problem at certain points. Here, here's the way to think about it: Does what you do are there things that spiral off of it? So like, yes, generating threes is good. Denver generates threes with their two-man game. That's why they have KCP and MPJ in the corners when they run their two-man game. Oh, we got the cat. Look at this. <laughs> Incredible. I'm it's do things spiral off of it. With Denver, the two-man game often leads to Jokic or Murray scoring, but it also often leads to Aaron Gordon scoring. It often leads to kickouts to KCP and MPJ. It, kick, it lends itself to other actions that come off of it. And that's my point with Boston. It does feel like if you do slow that down either by guys just getting tight and missing shots or if you find somebody that guards Tatum and now all of a sudden, where do you go from there? Are things spiraling naturally off of that or is it like, no, we kind of hit a wall? And that's my point. Denver, I think things spiral off of what they do. It doesn't mean they're perfect, but they just have 
option one didn't work leads right into two leads right into three four five and i don't think that is true for these other teams at least based on what i've seen so far is there any team in the east that you feel like does play in a style that could give problems I mean, again, all of these teams are tough. This is one of the things is, is if you get behind in a series, I think it becomes very easy. Yeah. I would be afraid to be down. Like if you had home court advantage against the Celtics and you lost game one, I would be very nervous. You're playing a confident team with no pressure on them. That would, you're very scared there. But if you got up and if you could take game one on the road, I think then all of a sudden it's like, okay. Are you making shots in game two? What's Jason Tatum shooting in a game two when they just blew home court advantage after going 40 and two at home? What is Chris Stapp's Porzingis shooting, who, by the way, was afraid to post up Reggie Jackson yeah. from the foul line? Yeah. He couldn't get a shot off or, or had to shoot a fadeaway. That's the things I'm talking about. So there's not that they're not dangerous. It's just that do they have those other counter punches when everything hits the wall? The Knicks are an interesting one if they were to make a surprise run, right? Because they got Jalen Brunson to apply pressure. He's really good versus um, the kind of schemes that Denver likes to run defensively. I don't know if the, if the Knicks honestly have the defense to get it done. They might. Given their, given their like, OG, I think, helps. But they're pretty inconsistent from the, on that front. Um, and then and OG, OG would have to guard Aaron Gordon, I think, just size-wise, just physicality-wise. And then there's, you know, there's Miami again, which uh, is it wrong for me? Just I think Miami's a little bit better. I think Miami's a little bit better this year, but I'm with you. I just don't think they can score enough. I just don't think they. But I, I will say that I think Miami can beat those teams, though. That's that's yeah. what I'm about. Is I honestly I think Miami can beat any one of those three teams because Miami is tough. That's the one thing is Denver, Miami, and and they've said this by the way. Um, Udonis Haslam in particular, you know, talking about yeah, that team was tough. Like we've out toughed everyone, and they were as tough as us, and then they were more talented. So again, I don't want to overstate it, but I do think there is a lot of that. I actually think Philadelphia is a team that. I fear them getting Bruce Brown. Yeah. I fear it because not only is it an emotional play, it's a familiarity play. And also he's just a good player that gives that brings something to their team. That's like, what else do you have option to him that I think would be really good. So to me, that would be a very scary trade if they were to make it and they can for almost nothing. I think for Marcus Morris. Yeah, they can, they can get it done. I think so. one of the challenges there is I do think they have to give up like Jaden Springer because I don't think the Raptors just want draft equity. I think they want younger players that are on timeline with Barnes. So that that's might be fine. Jaden Springer is not playing in the finals for sure. But I, I'll say this about Milwaukee too. They gave up 135 points to the Detroit Pistons, Pistons. the other day. That team, and it's, that's not an, an outlier. That's in line yep. with what they do every game. They can't I guard, know. and they have – they're another team that actually should trade for Bruce Brown because they yep. need a closing lineup where they have somebody that can play defense. Although, I don't know that Bruce Brown and, and Dame Lillard – I actually think that's a pretty bad defensive point of attack uh, backcourt. Mm -hmm. But that's my thing with them is unless they get a major upgrade at shooting guard defensively, that's a team that I look at and I go, well, Denver's going to score 140 every night. So as long as they can hold the, the Bucks to 139, I think we're they're going to be all right. I can't get there with the Bucks until they fix that defense. If they if they can fix that defense, um, something to be noted: the only team in the Eastern Conference I think that has a coaching edge over the Nuggets is Eric Spolstra, and Malone's already out coached him. Um, I mean, I, he also has so few things to go to, right? Sure. I think I think Nurse is close, but the gap between Malone and Missoula, Malone and Griffin. Um, Griffin. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think Malone right. and Tibbs, like it's a wide gap. So I actually think I think that's a really good point. Is there any other team? I mean, I don't think any of those teams is coming out. I don't think Cleveland goes anywhere. I don't think 
Hey, Orlando or Indiana or any of those teams. Uh, they can play spoiler in a round. But I will say, th- th- again, we're not doing this for the Western Conference, but there are a lot of good coaches and good teams in the West. And I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I think it's a surefire thing. Denver beats all those East teams. But I do look at them and I go, I think there's this perception that those teams are ahead of Denver. Denver's tougher than all of those teams we just talked about. And that matters. That counts for something. I agree. That's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Swipe will be with you on Tuesday, breaking down uh, the latest in Nuggets land. Then when, uh, Adam and I will be back on Wednesday for another World's Finest. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out YouTube.com slash Locked On Nuggets. Catch the video version of the show. Subscribe. Best way to support the show. Also appreciate those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Send the show to a friend. Like, it's getting to be Nuggets. Football's almost over. It's getting to be Nuggets season. Like, it's, it's Nuggets season. So, get on board. Uh, also, by the way, shout out to all the great college basketball teams in the state right now, men yeah. and women, like yeah. cool. just sugar, just awesome teams all around it's basketball at, state, man. I was at, uh, I was at pump house brewery in Longmont on Saturday night and we were, and the, the buffs were playing and it was great to, to watch them. And I think I'm going to take my daughter to one of the, the CSU women's games. Great, great time for basketball in Colorado. Thanks for joining us. Have yourselves a great day. We'll see you guys again next time on Lockdown Nuggets.